0: Recorded live, Union Inn, Washington, D.C. 1112, 1114, 3rd Street, Northeast. We are steps to Nomegaludet Metro. Nice, brisk walk to Union Station. And a leisurely jog to the Capitol, Capitol Hill. I am the illustrious Innkeeper Freddie, host extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, Welcome to Guest Book Podcast. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for another cool, chill-out episode of Guest Book Podcast. We have with us... A nice, beautiful couple from central Missouri, correct? That's right. All right. And we are listening to what right now?
1: Harvest Moon, Neil Young.
0: Okay. What made you choose this song as your intro music?
1: Had my husband choose it. Um, It's something we listen to in our home and in the evenings when we're just preparing a meal. Grew up with Neil Young. And not with him, but (laughs) with his music. (laughs)
0: And so is this typical of of the music that, because we're going to get to it, you all were originally from um, Iowa, originally. Yes. And would you say that music, like, I don't know what what category this would fall into, folk music? Is this?
1: That's a good question. Um, When we were in high school in the 70s, he was very popular, and it was just kind of, you know, some some of our record album collection that dates
0: us. Okay. (laughs) You say you cook a lot of meals to this?
1: We do we cook a lot of meals period we like to cook at home yes it's not like we can go down the street where we live and pick up a pizza we are very rural where we live now
0: very good segue so uh you said in central missouri what city in particular hartsburg okay
1: little town of 30 people but we don't live in hartsburg we live out in the rural area never actually go into the city
0: right and you all have been do you choose to go rural from, say, a city living? Or have you always been rural?
1: It depends on how you define rural. Um, the town we grew up in Holstein, Iowa, in northwest Iowa, was about 1,400 people. So we're considered lo- rural when you live someplace where we are now. But um, we lived in town. We lived in towns, you know, with, with small lots and large houses. And... Um, when we got married, we moved to Hayward in Iowa, similar to Holstein, little house or little pieces of land and neighborhoods, kind of like what you have, but lots more grass. <laughs> and then uh, we lived um, in various houses, and then we moved to Arizona for seven years. And um, the land got smaller, the house got smaller, and things got tougher. And we came back to the Midwest when his brother was, who was contractor. Um, asked us to come and join him because things were good in Missouri, and they have been good for us ever since. So we lived in a town of uh, what was 1,200 people and grew to be 3,500 over the course of the years that we've been living there and just recently built a house out in what we call the country on 8 acres. Congratulations.
0: Thank you. And so, I mean, building that house, was that something that you... Was that a goal ultimately, or was it just something that came up because he's a contractor or he's working with his brother and it was like, hey, might as well get some land, build a house?
1: Well, it's not our first home that we've built for ourselves. I think eventually, at one point in time, we thought, yeah, it'd be really nice to have our own home, to have him build our own home. And when we moved to Ashland, we did. Built us a nice little Cape Cod house that we sold after about four and a half years. And we did that several times. And this time, um, it was a piece of land out in the country, which in that area is, is really a nice thing to do. So we did it.
0: <laughs> so what made you choose the site that you ultimately chose?
1: Um, land is very expensive in rural New- Missouri and, um, the guys, my husband and his partner had, uh, acquired this piece of land from another person who was building house and they had changed their mind, bought another piece. And we just kind of hung on to it for a while and, decided we would just go ahead and build on it. Otherwise, it can be kind of hard to find a piece.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Describe the, the piece of land. I mean, do you, do you butt like a, a river or a lake? or?
1: We live up on a ridge um, not far from a major thoroughfare, so getting to and from work is easy. It sounds really rural, but it's not as rural as it really sounds. For us, it's very private. It's a very wooded lot. It, it goes downhill from the back of our yard, and it's it's beautiful to look at from our cleared house site but that we don't go out in the woods a lot we could hike out there certain times of the year not this time of the year once the dick ticks come out we're done
0: <laughs> yeah do a lot of people farm out that way
1: there's not a lot of farming in that area um, there are people who have small farms lots of uh, organic type farming there um, it's pretty rocky The closer you get to the Ozarks, we're three-and-a-half hours from the Ozarks, and the closer you get down there, there's just too much rock. Just, for instance, we've planted several trees, and we've lost all of them so far in two years' time in this new house. So it's just kind of a constant put-in-a-tree, you lose it, put in another tree.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. And what about hunting?
1: Yeah, we've got lots of deer and on our acreage, um, raccoon, possum, uh, fox, um, lots of beautiful birds, that type of thing. Turkey. Turkey. Lots of turkey. <laughs> you have to drive really careful coming down our road. Really? We don't hunt. Um, we could let people on our property if we wanted to, but, you know, seven acres is not that big. Seven to eight acres is not that big, and it is really not a good place to be shooting a gun. Yeah. Lots of hunting in the area, however.
0: When it comes to Thanksgiving time, do you find that you get a freshly caught turkey or do you typically go to the nearest market?
1: Well, being foodies, we go to the nearest natural market and buy an expensive natural bird. <laughs> no, we don't shoot them. They're, they're really not very tasty and they're pretty tough. Really? Oh, yeah. Turkeys out in, in the wild, are, there's a special way to cook those birds. Yeah.
0: And what would that be?
1: long low and slow <laughs> I mean, lots guess, lots of herbs
0: because they're fending for themselves i guess yeah yeah it it, it, it makes for a tougher bird yeah
1: intended. they're much more exercised yeah and and they're eating a much different diet than what we would have from a bird that we buy in the grocery store for thanksgiving okay
0: so alan i think before we got on the podcast you said that you pretty much been a contractor for number of years even before you moved back from uh phoenix that's correct
2: yeah uh not necessarily for myself but working in uh for builders who built custom homes we built for a a major building contractor up in iowa and he built churches and and banks and uh, custom homes and things so i've been in that field ever since high school
0: so throughout your years in working, have you found one of the trades that you gravitate towards more than the others?
2: I think probably what I like the most about it is uh, would be the cabinet work, um, custom woodworking, and things like that.
0: And w- what about that? Is it is it the maybe the design side of it?
2: Yeah, some of it's the design side. Some of it is just trying to figure out. Uh, when I was in Arizona, I I was asked to do a lot of radius work and with wood and just learning and teaching myself how to do some of that was it, it was a challenge
0: when you say radius work you uh, like rounded
2: things. windows and and uh, uh doors and things like that with the oval
0: and uh sheila you had said that I um, believe now that you're an office manager but before that you worked uh, for some time at a newspaper i did kind of worked your way up the ranks there
1: yeah being a small town weekly newspaper it was again i hate to use the word again very very rural and big news came from the school and big news came from city council that type of thing so i started as copy editor did not know how to turn on a computer learned everything i know about a computer almost everything there from the from a person who was almost 80 years old at the time wow he was very techie and went from there to doing some of the ads and went to selling ads and went to writing stories on occasion and went to layout work, and went to lots of computer work, and eventually, before we left, we were doing everything on the computer and sending it down digitally. So when the editor and her husband, who was the manager, would leave, I would kind of do whatever was needed to be done.
0: So you pretty much know how a newspaper works from start to finish, pretty much.
1: I do, yeah, that's right. Have you ever
0: thought about starting one of your own?
1: I actually thought about buying that newspaper but they really thought highly of their paper (laughs) and I consulted with the University of Missouri someone who did that kind of thing and they said yeah that's probably not a good idea Mm -hmm. so I sold real estate for a short time and then I got offered a job in an office up in Columbia and decided to do with do that
0: so you sold real estate for some time yeah and you're a contractor. Mm-hmm. You ever thought of doing a husband and wife team where you uh, invest in real estate, maybe flip some properties?
1: Well, we didn't flip properties, but I would sell the properties that they would make. Back then, the the speculation market was good, mm-hmm. and I had a fantastic first year. And then, you know, about four years into it, the economy really fell yeah. in the real estate, and it was not a good time for me to be there six months without a closing said yeah when that job offer came i was out of there fast
2: i can imagine well at that time we kind of transitioned from the uh, the speculation market into a more of a custom type home so uh we started building custom homes and and uh that area is very uh economically stable it's it's got the university and the capital within uh, 30 some miles apart and uh, so the economy stays fairly stable so uh, luckily we had plenty of work at that time and uh, didn't didn't really see a lot of downtime
0: with any people that you worked with did you borrow any ideas for the home that you ultimately built for yourself
2: I'm gonna hand this off to (laughs) Sheila (laughs) she's the one that came up with this design
1: because we were in a market that was highly <clears throat> speculative before the the, the crash and before real estate really got hit the real estate bubble um all the houses started to look like cookie cutter houses what we called cookie cutter houses mm-hmm. and i've never been one to go mainstream so i wanted a different looking house we'd been in sedona for a couple of weeks um A couple of years ago and we're out driving in some residential areas saw this really cool very very modern house and I've wanted it ever since well you don't put a flat roof in Missouri where it rains and it snows yeah and you don't do a lot of the things that you can do in the southwest here so um, we kind of had to adapt but we did come up with a modern house and we kind of butted heads along the way because um, it's really hard to buy those items for that kind of a product in the midwest the midwest is the last to receive the most recent products so i kind of had to go outside the box to get all the things that are in the house and we got a very beautiful home that was done very different than everyone else the broker that i used to work for in real estate said to me yeah it's got your name all over it <laughs> <laughs> it's it, we're happy there we like it
0: that's that's all that matters yeah so kmdc you've been here for what five days now
1: Tomorrow. Yes, that's right.
0: What did you do while you were in town?
1: Well, let's see. i got to think back because it was exhausting. <laughs> yeah, a lot of walking. Yeah, lots of walking. So um, our first day we went to visit the Capitol, uh, our state rep- our representative from Missouri had a couple of her people show us around, so it was a personal tour. It's just those two guys and us, and spent, oh, close to three hours with those guys and learned that the little walk... When, this, when the president does the State of the Union address, he walks from the back of the room to the front where he's going to speak in his house. <coughs> and it's a real short walk. <laughs> and when you're watching it on TV, it's not short. It looks kind of long. Yeah. So we learned that. Went to see the Korean War Memorial because... You talk about that. That's your uncle.
2: My dad's brother... Um, Fought in world in uh, the Korean War, and he was one of the first uh, to land at Pusan, and and immediately immediately went into combat. He's in uh, his right around ninety years old now, but and doing real well. That's uh, good. But I wanted to see that because his picture is on the war memorial there. Okay. Uh, and uh, that I I really wanted to pick out that picture and have a and see it firsthand. So that's really uh, that good. That was exciting.
0: So. You walked from the Capitol to basically the other end of the mall,
2: pretty much. Yeah, we walked from the the Capitol, and I think we might have stopped at, oh, I know where we stopped first, uh, the castle. Uh, Ah, yeah, Smithsonian
0: Castle, right by the, the carousel.
2: Yep, the castle, and we went through there, and we went into another museum there. Oh, the American History Museum. She wanted to see Dorothy's slippers. <laughs> Ruby's slippers. So we saw that. We uh that first day we walked from uh where we are here over to the Capitol, went around the Capitol and walked straight down the mall, saw what we could see. We without going into any buildings, we just walk that whole distance all the way to the lincoln memorial which, get a lay of the land yeah wanted to go up in the into the uh, washington monument but of course it's closed right now so yeah. we didn't do that but we did make it all the way to the uh, lincoln memorial i was impressed with the size of that building it's it's just i mean pictures do not do it justice it's yeah, it's, it's really big it's massive so uh walked all the way back um she looked, cooled her feet in the World War II Memorial. Okay. I don't blame you. Uh, so which which probably gave us the uh, uh, ability to make that hike all the way back. So then we Oh you
0: walked all the way back? Yeah.
2: And then but you didn't take
0: the metro back. that time. Okay. No. Nope. We didn't. We okay. Were
1: just weren't brave enough yet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but in, in five days now you all are expert masters of the whole map.
2: We didn't <clears throat> go that far but we're pretty darn good. Yep.
0: Um, and then I guess day three
2: we went over to uh, Arlington, and Arlington saw, National yep, and okay. walked around there. Saw the uh, the Kennedy grave sites and uh, the Tomb of the Unknown. We uh, watched the changing of the guard there, and also uh, uh, an added bonus, we they were changing the wreath out at that time too, so All we right. did see a, a ceremony for that too. Okay, um, walked back and.
1: You know, everything's really old, and we were just doing a ton of walking, so it was kind of deja vu a little bit for us. It felt a lot, a lot like what we had experienced in southern England.
0: Okay. So, yeah. Well, hopefully it was a good thing.
1: It was a good thing. All yeah, right. we enjoyed every minute of it. Right. And today we saw Mount Vernon and um, loved Mount Vernon, learned a lot about Washington and his whole plantation and everything else going on. We have wanted to go to the archives. Our guide's... Um, when we went through the Capitol, I always ask everyone that's been to D.C., what was your favorite thing? And I like to follow up and do that. So um, one of them said he wanted to see the Robert E. Lee home, and he thought it was really good, and we wanted to see it, but it was closed. But and the that's other, Arlington National Cemetery. Yes, right? yeah. and the other said the archives, the archives. The archive. okay. Yes, to go see the Declaration of Independence and all, all the documents. You can't read them really well; they're really faded. But it was it was an honor to see them. Picked up a replica for our wall at home. Okay.
0: All right. You ready for the seven questions?
1: I guess we are. All right. What's the call, what? y'all? It's the questions. It's the questions. Boy, yeah. it's the questions. It's the questions. Yeah.
0: Question number one. What is a book, book that you would add to the, the, the library that I have downstairs above the questions. findings?
1: Well, okay, so I read that question, and I went downstairs and looked at the books on, <laughs> on the mantel, <laughs> and you're kind of a serious reader, and I am not. <laughs> so I went over and looked at your cookbooks in the kitchen. First all of all Jamie Oliver Yeah I noticed So first of all On the mantle I think I would add Something light hearted Like Gary Larson Okay Because on vacation That's what I would do Is pick up something That I could just See a f- few things Put it back and move on Maybe come back later okay. okay So
0: Gary Larson Is the art author correct
1: That is a cartoonist
0: Oh okay my apologies is there a book in particular from Gary Larson
1: no he was only a cartoonist for a few years and he was on a lot of calendars for a long time you'd recognize him if you saw one of his cartoons hilarious and then moving into the kitchen I would like to see the joy of cooking there because all of the great chefs and their books that I too have I find that I can still fail at and I can go to the joy of cooking and figure out why because it's the science behind all But kind of the alton brown approach you know he always goes behind and tells you why the food does that yeah. so joy of cooking you can learn anything you can cook anything you can cook a wild turkey out of that book
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you can. i'm glad you brought up alton brown because I, lo- I love him I do I- too. i'm a bit of a nerd so i like uh, him, i like nerds. the fact that he gets into the, the chemistry of yeah. why food is, is good mm-hmm. yes all right uh, number two podcast subscribe It's a podcast that you would recommend to listeners Right,
1: to. Um, I'm new to podcasts, um, but now that I'm in the car every morning and every afternoon for a little longer, I've sort of started to explore. And so far, my favorite has been This American Life. Yeah, I love that one.
0: Hourglass. Number three, something that you didn't know that you needed until you got it.
1: An immersion blender. (laughs) It's my right hand in the kitchen. (laughs)
0: So, I think this is the first time that we have had a two-time answer on the podcast. Uh, Adriana Domenico, episode number 41. That's her answer as well.
1: Oh, they're the best.
0: Explain to listeners at home what an immersion blender is.
1: Okay, so for years and years, we'd make our margaritas in and whatever type... Substance like that in a blender and you know the blender is a very very tall cup and has a blade down at the bottom And you know, constantly have to take the lid off stop the machine restart it and push it around and make the food go down there and um, With immersion blender you can just take that blender. It's a stick blender. It's another name for it And it's got the blade at the bottom of a stick and you're operating it at the very top of a button and you just stick it in whatever you want to pulverize so when we would make um, pureed soups, we'd have to put that hot stuff in that old blender. You don't do that anymore. You just leave it in the pot and put your immersion stick blender right down in there and whirl it around.
0: All right. Number four, bucket list place to travel. This is a place in the world that you have been to that you recommend the listeners add to their bucket list.
2: Yeah, we we both said Niagara Falls. We spent about, uh, what, three or four days yeah. there?
1: Yeah, yeah on a whim we weren't used to vacationing our kids had just left home i guess you could say we were empty nesters mm. and i just started to protest i was watching the travel channel one day and i said let's go there when they were showing one of these gigantic speed boats in the uh, category five rapids of the niagara <laughs> I said, wow let's go there and we did in in a month's time we had it all set up and we went for four days and we did go in that boat
0: <laughs> the category five Yes, we did. Wow.
1: It was cool. It was so cool. So have
0: you done any sort of rapids no. stuff before? So you just jumped into a Category 5?
1: Well, okay, so it's not a canoe. <laughs> it's or a like- really big boat with a huge engine that will actually spin around in circles and circles, and you're in all kinds of protective wear. Mm-hmm. You're not actually in the... Well, the boat water comes in the boat, but you're not in the water itself. The Category 5 rapids in Niagara, there's borders. You can't go beyond certain areas. There's things, objects, tires, things like that have gone into those rapids and they never come back up. So the boats are not allowed there, but we're pretty close.
0: So would this be akin to imagine a big hot tub, but instead of hot water, it's just regular cold water. And you took a little rubber ducky boat and put it on top.
1: Kind of like that give that boat that rubber ducky a really good engine <laughs> yeah it was fun
0: all right would you recommend listeners do that if they go
1: not everyone should do that <laughs> but everyone should go on the maid in the mist the maid of the mist is the boat that it's huge it, and it goes under not underneath the rapids but like right up to the bottom of the rapids and you've got your rain jacket on and all that and it's just the bottom incredible. of the
2: falls is, is where it goes. Uh, excuse me, it, I said right. rapids.
1: It, yeah, the bottom of the falls would be a better place to go with that boat. <laughs>
0: and everyone gets wet, pretty, pretty much.
1: Pretty much, yeah. At least misted right. wet. There
0: mm-hmm. you go. But hey, if you're going to Niagara Falls, you don't expect to get wet. It's you're, a it's a
1: it's a really unusual place. In that, of course, we both love water, but it was hot and it was July, and the water is such a beautiful, unusual. Unusual, I can't really define green. And you're standing way, way up at the top and you're looking way, way down at these falls in this water and it's going really fast. And for some reason, you have this compelling thought of jumping in. Yeah. Okay. As would be the stupidest <laughs> thing you ever did in life. But this, you're just compelled because it's so inviting. <laughs> it's a weird place. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> On to the next one. Uh, number five, 50 uh, Mile Detour Restaurant.
1: Really favorite restaurants that might go a bit out of the way for in Columbia, for us in Columbia, Missouri, we would go to the Cherry Street Wine Cellar. And that's a fantastic um, sort of French country. And in St. Louis, we love Espinos. Espinos been visited by uh what's the dude with the kinky hair from the food network uh oh, yeah. oh guy fieri yeah, guy yeah. Fieri.
0: Okay. what type of cuisine is espinos
1: mexican all right kind of a side story now okay okay there's a there's a castle in um it's a little tiny town in southern france what was i doing there uh, my daughter and i took her two little girls ages four and eleven months to Aven france for her to have a 21-day treatment at a water spa um, for extreme eczema. The little girl was really really sick. So we took this child all the way over to a france 30 miles away there was a little tiny town that had a castle and a man from um, Holland and his wife owned it. He managed it and she was the chef. And we had a, a meal there, Chate de Lunas, um, was the best meal I've ever had in my whole life. A little more than 50 miles out of the way. <laughs> but if I was in, in Belgium, I, or, or France, in Belgium, I would go there just for that.
0: <laughs> and it's a restaurant.
1: It's a restaurant castle, yeah. he's he's. They live in the castle upstairs, mm-hmm. and they serve pizza out of the back, and they serve these fantastic seven-course French meals out of the front. And, and,
0: and it's called Chateau de Luna?
1: Chateau de Lunas.
0: Lunas, OK. Yes. Yeah. All right, And that's in Aven, France?
1: That was in Lunas. Lunas. Okay. Uh, it was uh, 30 miles out of Aven. There's not much in Aven, It's a little tiny village.
0: Okay. And you said this is a water spot for people who have eczema.
1: Not just eczema, but spin- skin issues. Mm-hmm. Um, after the Chicago fire, um, they sent water from Aven for people to heal their skin here in the United States. And I learned about it when I was watching... I was on Facebook one more, Saturday morning, and we had the kids had really been through the trials with this little girl and have been through all the doctors. They're not helping her. So I'm re- watching this video of a child from Australia. Australia, um, the incidence of eczema in children is about 25% of the kids and it's, it's extreme. These kids have open sores all the time and they get terrible infections, MRSA, that type of thing and it's almost life-threatening. So um, this little girl of ours, our grandchild, needed help, and we had been down all the roads. So I decided, we're going. And so we did. And uh, us two brave girls took those two little tiny girls across the world and spent a month in France. Wow. Yeah.
0: And there's something about the water there that's really good. Something
1: about the water is exactly what they say on that video. If you have a chance, look up... um, the uh, hydrotherapy center let's see uh, let's see. Uh, just look up aven france hydrotherapy or terminal they call it terminal thermal terminal. T- terminal yeah and i met people from all over the world with children that have eczema i met adults with uh, a i met people with burn scars and it's it's a it's a miracle place it really is. It's about seven hours from Lords, which is a holy place where they have healing going on in the waters there. This is different. This is more of a clinical situation in a van and lots of healing going on there.
0: And so is the water like a spring type water? Or? You know,
1: it's just it's just water, but it takes 50 years for it to come to the surface through all of this dolomite and different rocks. And it's collecting different chemicals or different um, minerals in that 50-year process and once it gets up to where it's available to the spas and event it's got everything it needs and it did take the full 21 days she improved over the three weeks we were there that we were there she improved more over the course of six months after we got back and then um, she didn't completely heal so they went back another time she and her dad And she has done remarkably well. That child is all but—I mean, almost completely healed.
0: So this is extremely interesting. You're saying that they can cure eczema?
1: No, they will never say they can cure eczema, but they can—they can make it so much more livable. That I mean, this child, our grandchild, couldn't go outside. She couldn't go to school. She she just couldn't leave the house. She was bandaged like a mummy. But her skin is almost, almost completely clear. They were up all night with this child. They were applying every lotion known to man, and they were binding her in all kinds of wraps. And she would sleep to about 1 o'clock, and her dad would take care of her the rest of the night, and then he'd get up and go to work all day. And then my daughter would take care of her all day. And there was still another child in the house and then a baby on the way, and now the baby is 4 years old. So the other two do not have eczema, but that little girl really got hit hard with it. Yeah. So it was it's a fantastic story. It's, and all the stories of the children who were there, it's just like, I don't know why we don't send more children over there. <laughs>
0: yeah. So when they get back, is there a treatment that they are given from the spa to continue using? Or is it like you do this this treatment with them for one month, and you don't have to do anything more, and you're better.
1: Um, It varies from person to person, patient to patient. Um, There's a lot of dietary issues. That's one of the reasons why we're big foodies, because this child could not have so many foods, and um, we decided to go what you call paleo or keto because of that, because she can't have any grains. So that was part of the full picture. There are creams that were made in the science center at the event, therapy center a van water in itself can be put in an aerosol can but is she healed no she's not healed completely but she can live a life now Wow! yeah
0: learn something new every day well and this That's is why amazing.
1: this is why we digress <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes yes wow yeah so you've been listening to the best of it so yeah. thank you all that
1: to say that was a really good restaurant in Lunas. <laughs>
0: Oh, man, you never know where these uh, podcasts will take I'm you. Sure. They, they always take you to good, great stories. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's close this out. Number six. Your number one skill.
1: I'm a really good seamstress. I can take anything apart and remake it a better way. Um. Yeah, that's that's what I do. <laughs>
0: is it something that you worked at, or is it something I mean, like you you really, or did you just start Jump Street?
1: Started when I was about oh preteen. And just kept going and um, had my own alterations business for a while. Worked on bridal gowns, worked on tuxedos, men's suits, um, just, yeah, whatever needed to be done. (laughs) right.
0: How about you, Alan?
2: I guess I would say uh, woodworking is my, kind of my passion. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, And number seven, your number one talent. This Um, is what you didn't have to work at. You kind of. Creativity? Came out the one with it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm an organizer. I can organize any party. I could organize a party for the president. <laughs> I have an organized mind. <laughs> and I think that's why the jobs that I've worked
2: were are are good choices for me.
0: All right. That's a great talent. How about you, Alan?
2: I'd say I'd say swimming or water <laughs> sports, they really they really always came natural to me.
0: Okay. So you all were both thinking about jumping off the Legend Niagara Falls?
2: Absolutely. <laughs> I think I'm the one that suggested it. <laughs> <laughs> all right.
0: Well, Sheila now thank you so much for coming on. Uh, is there any social media or anything or websites or anything that you'd like to let the listeners at home know about?
1: No, not particularly. That's that I know of. Our home stuff on Facebook is good. Well, it's not a really developed web, or Facebook page, but that's about it. All
0: right. Well, thank you so much for coming You're Welcome, it's fine. And um, hopefully we'll see you again when you come to DC.
1: You will. All right. If you come back, you will see us. That right.
0: sounds good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. I am Innkeeper Freddie. As always, you can reach me at uh, innkeeper at unionindc.com. And the website, of course, is unionindc.com. And I'm on Instagram at unionindc at guestbookpod.com and at innkeeper freddy thank you
2: so much for listening and we will see you next week